What up, y'all? This is Amani, and you are now listening to The Ville Radio Show on Pure Radio. What up, Duval? <laughs> it's your boy, Jerry Shirk. You know, oh, my, the my. king of the, the white guys, I guess. <laughs> I'm not good at introducing myself, <laughs> but that's my best attempt. Oh my Sound God. effects. Lasers, atomic bomb. All right, all right, boy. You give him, you give him, give him leeway with the one show, boy. You just go crazy, man. I get my one chance. I gotta make the most of it. All right, that's what it is. Listen, this the Bill Radio Show shirt. You know what I'm saying? This your boy Philly Illies. You know what I mean? He done took all the space, so I'm gonna just say, hey, this is Phil. I know y'all probably not used to this. This is Big Phil, and we're going to proceed with the show because he got lasers and and sound effects and everything. You know I do a Big Phil. (laughs) Anyway, uh, today it's going to be me and Philly Illy. There it is. Um, Mr. J is out, so we are running this show, and it's our show. We get to talk about anything we want, do anything we please, and it's about time. That's all I got to say. It's about time. It's about time. Know, you know what I'm I need this time. I need this for my career right now. Yeah, anyway, so. sure, you let the world know what we got going on today, man. What we doing today, man. Yeah, man. All right. So, last week, we've been talking about uh, this thing that we're doing at our church, the Ville Church. Shout out to Ville Church, our sponsors um, up there on uh, Liberty and Confederate Street. Mm-hmm. Check us out. 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. Um, we were talking about... This campaign we did, each one reach one, how how we want to reach the loss by any means necessary, by right. any means possible. Um, and it was it's great. And for us as a church, we see that we we want to be praying for the loss. We want to be praying for people in our lives who we know. We want to be inviting them to eat together. We actually want to share a meal because we see that all throughout scripture. Yeah. There's something about sharing uh, a meal and exposing our physical needs together that actually gets into spiritual needs. And then actually inviting people to not only church but the gospel itself yeah that was pretty dope just the whole series itself to hear how you and jay kind of broke down the importance of having simply having dinner with somebody how that changes their life changes your relationship with them because that's a very intimate um, setting yeah and it, and it allows you to be open and stuff like that it was pretty dope i had never really you know what i'm saying thought about it like that i knew that it was going on in my life and i got community people around me that we Right. But I never thought about the importance of me going with my friends and we going to eat and we just chilling. Yeah. But how close we get by doing that. We may not even talk at all, like in person, for a whole week. But on Sundays or Saturdays, we get up. And before you know it, we be, you know, my, my wife, uh, she's a prime example of one of her friends, um, uh, two of her friends, shout out to uh, Tiffany Lloyd. Kim, um, Kim Taylor, they are my wife's bestest friends simply because they made time to go out, eat, sit with each other. And when you eat and sit, you talk. Yep. And you get relaxed and you get comfortable and you get to hear somebody's heart. And it's just dope how them two, how all three of them have become like this amazing you know, a group of young women that love the Lord. I call them the triune. Uh, a sisterhood. <laughs> I call them the triune. And that's, it's a little inside joke, but 
they talk amongst each other, and that junk don't come back to nobody. Yep. It, so it, obviously it's good. It's working for us. Well, and it, and it goes each side. So, like, even just as fellowship and friends and depth and community. Right. But even with people you don't know. Exactly. Because what happens is anytime you're hanging out with anybody, whether you're doing something like watching TV or playing basketball or whatever, there's a distraction. Absolutely. Because you, you, you don't actually – but when you eat, it's quiet because you're chewing your food. Yep. And you have to face each other yep. and actually have conversation. Yeah, and you have to you have to be intentional about conversation. Cause I sit there, smack, 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 <laughs> and get up for the table. You need to close your mouth <laughs> and eat, <though. laughs> and be done with it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it was pretty dope, man. Y'all laid it out real well, and it made me think, and um, just you know, convicted me more than anything about really being intentional about sharing the gospel with somebody. Just because you man. invite somebody to church, that. It has nothing to do with sharing Jesus and your faith with him. So You know, I've been challenging people um, to show me in scriptures where Jesus invited people to the synagogue. I remember you you asked us that. I remember you said Because it's, uh, I haven't found it yet. I ain't, I ain't found it either. And I don't think I'm going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call myself a biblical scholar. <laughs> right. But I, I don't think it's in there. Yeah. But yeah, man. So, I, like, I've even seen fruit of it just talking about it and putting it in front of myself. Um, I had one of my closest friends from um, high school. He lives in California, and he came back because his dad passed. Mm. And um, he, he stopped by my house. And just thinking through that concept, like, when he showed up, I thought, what is, if this is the last conversation I have with my friend, he goes back to California, I never see him again, what would I want this conversation to be? Right. What would I, like, desperately want him to know? Right. And one is that I care about him as a friend, but more so than that, God cares about him as his creation. Absolutely. Um, he's not a Christian. Uh, this, was this the one you was t- in the sermon you were saying that? I, was, I think Jay was preaching. I just kind of shared it during she, announcements. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, he is, he's lost. Right. And, I, I mean, he he's a Burning Man guy. I don't know if you know what Burning Man is. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a festival weird white people go to out in the middle of the desert. Are you uh, serious? Yeah. Don't don't Google it. I was about to Google it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you could Google it, but don't Google it too hard because you know it it it's weird. It is. Um, okay. It's it's basically Woodstock today. So, okay. but with no rules, there's nothing out there. There's no police. There's no nothing. They meet. They find a like coordinates in the desert, and then they meet, and then they just set a huge festival. Like all their campers, everything. So. We could possibly be seeing anything go down at this festival. That's yep. That they have. Anything that you're possibly thinking could go down has gone down. So it's it's crazy. It's it's debauchery and mayhem to oh the to the max. God. So that was a tangent. But the point is, the man's lost, and I love him to death. And honestly, I see myself if I didn't know Christ, rather if Christ didn't find me. Easily being in the same spot, pursuing the right. same, like, earthly things. Um, but, yeah, man, he came in, and I, I cooked him food. We had some leftover chicken and burgers. So he's a big boy. Um, he played football in college, and so the man can eat. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, the whole time I was just kind of pressing him. Right. And I don't think it was in a forceful way at all, but it was really because I cared about him. I'm like, I, you know when you kind of put your thumb on something? And you just won't let up. Uh, I was like, 
hey, man, what do you think about the fact that several of your high school friends, me included, are now Christians? Mm. Like, what, I mean, is that, I mean, me personally, I'm a pastor. Does that weird you out? Because I know you knew me in high school. It has to weird you out. Right. And we probably had an hour and a half conversation. And there was nowhere to run, nowhere to go. We were just chilling at my house in my backyard. And the weather was nice. And that was a good convo. And at the end of the day, you know, it's on me to uh, present him with right. the truth. Right. But it's on God to convict his heart and bring him back. So I don't know. The The thing about it is we could have talked about a million different things, old stories, how we did crazy stuff, whatever, right. you know, what he's doing, how, what's what's going on with his job, whatever. But I felt so good about the conversation. Right. I felt like that was so meaningful and worthy to be had that just even having the convo, that we didn't pray at the end. He, it wasn't like he accepted Christ. He was in tears, whatever. Right. But, man, I was, I was just in a great mood and a great place. Because I guarantee you he's thinking. He's oh, he's thinking. thinking. Hey, yes, yes. Because he was saying stuff, saying stuff, and then I kind of drop it, and then he'd come back and be like, well, what do you think about it? And that's when you know, like, okay. That's when the wheels are spinning, on. yep. Um, but anyway, I, just to say to everyone listening, and this kind of goes into the topic we want to talk on today, is what are we doing with our life? Mm. What What are we actually doing? Mm. What are we living for? Mm. And the new com- conversation we're having at the Ville Church right now is this whole sermon series called Christian vs. Disciple. And I know on this radio show, on this station, anyone who's listening would have to say uh, they're not opposed to one another. Christians vs. Disciple, they are one and the same thing. And you're right. Right. It, and, um, theoretically, that's true. But that said, when I look over Jacksonville across any culture, um, any race, any class, I feel like so many people have different definitions of what a Christian is. Absolutely. And the label of what it means and how you, how you can label yourself a Christian and then what that means for your life. Absolutely. And that was what... I was trying to search for when I was putting a little freestyle together for Jay when he was like, you know, do a little, put together a little uh, couple bars and for the sermon. And I was just like thinking, trying to think like, it's so many different faces of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like we we could just stay right here in the city of Jacksonville. It's mm-hmm. so many different faces of this it. This is the Ville Radio this Show. This is the Ville well, Radio. Let's stay right here. <laughs> and it's like, you, you, I had to, really decipher between what I wanted to um, make a point in. Mm-hmm. Not because that's why I said um, um, in today's world, in, t- in this subject, both Christian and Christian are one and the same. Mm-hmm. Because you got some, cre- like, you, like, in t- it, it, for as far as today's mind frame, non-believer and believer can be one and the same when defining what's a Christian versus a disciple of Christ. Oh yeah, and that's why I said it the way I said it. I was like, um, "See, just you know, uh, I can't even remember how I said it, but I made sure I pointed those two things out, right? And I and and put emphasis on 
uh, you say you love God, but um, yeah, that's why I say don't be a culture Christian. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I say uh, we got a lot of people that want to be a culture, uh, a lot of cultural Christians say you love God, but biblical culture is missing. Mm. And that's why I was just like, that's what that's what separates these people from these people. Like at the end of the day, if God never spoke a audible word, because some he's never spoken audibly to, and you will never hear. Like he to me, this is how I I measure God in in uh, not necessarily in a nutshell, but an aspect of his character. If he never comes and says anything audibly or witnessed anything through the Spirit of God, we have nothing to go off but what he left, and that is a Bible. That is... Which was spoken by God. Which was spoken by God. (laughs) Right. That is the only evidence that we have that is uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. the, 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 the breath of God himself. Yep. So if he says another word, we are still fine because he left us this. Yep. And it's like we have people that are they call themselves Christians and they they make no biblical reference. Right. They use they reflect nothing biblically. You know what I'm saying? I ain't even talking about your life. I'm just talking about just your basic things or how you feel about when it comes to a salvation. How do you tell somebody how who they know God is? Right. Oh, you you just say, well, all you got to do is just uh, just have faith in and 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 believe. Believe in what? Have faith in what? If have faith in what? Right. It's not just a. Oh, I'm. What they're saying is, I'm spiritual. Right. I believe something's out there. It's I think a, I felt emotions before. Right. It, it's not a Christian. Right. And this is a really interesting topic. Like this in itself, because I was talking to someone about this literally the other day. People are always saying, "Hey." I don't know if God's real. I've never heard him speak. And it's like, well, two things. First, that's when you kind of push the Bible closer to them. Like, Absolutely. This whole thing, the only way we know anything about God, the revealed God, is through his spoken eternal words. When God speaks, he's eternal, so his words are eternal. They're right. forever. Right. So th- we've taken every uh, just opportunity and every caution and every chance we've had to preserve those words because if there's a God and if he spoke to us we would be insane Come on, like, not to preserve those words and say God actually spoke, spoke these, these words. words you need to know what he said absolutely. because it's going to reveal who he is absolutely and so but then there's like well you know I I want him to speak to me personally it's like you push the Bible a little closer, like, well, well, these words are literally for you. Well, it's like, I don't want it, you know, historical. What It's like, it's a living word. It's, it's for now, now, today, for yep. you, for our culture, for everything. It's constantly yep. living and breathing and true. And the other side of that, which is insane, mm-hmm. people are always like, they, they, they talk about they want to have a conversation that God audibly with God. Right. If you look at anyone who's had a audible conversation with God, come on, it's not a pleasant thing. It's not a pleasant thing. It's not. It's not like oh, we're floating in clouds. We're just you no. know sharing a drink with an umbrella in it and just having. Fun. It's like, yo, every time that happens, people are on their face in holy terror. One, trembling as an unclean, sinful person 
under the voice of a righteous, holy God. Yes. And it usually doesn't go well because God gives them a command of something they do not want to do. do. That's, that's they it. do not want to do and it. And then uh, uh, sometimes the encounter causes physical ailment or like, oh, yeah. like, of, like, like something happening. Right. Like Paul couldn't talk for like what it was like. Uh, so, so I can't remember on the way to Damascus. Uh, was it Damascus or it was when he couldn't? He couldn't. God brittled his brittled his tongue. Yep. Um, uh, uh, what your girl name is? Mary's uh, cousin, husband, um, John. Uh, what is? I think it's Elizabeth. Her either her husband or one of them. I can't remember. God brittled the tongue of. Her or either her husband, I can't remember which one, um, because they didn't, she didn't say, she said, she said something to Mary that was she wasn't supposed to say. Like, these are encounters. It happens that, in the prophets and the Old Testament. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Paul saw the glory of God. He saw him revealed. And you know what? The rest of his life, he had eyesight issues. All day, every day. I mean, day. It's, it's not, it's so holy and majestic that, like, we, we just cannot, I mean, this is the problem. People who say that, these Christians, right? Right. They have this idea of God, of their God, of what they've created God to be. Um, it's like, and this is a whole, this is my sermon coming up. It's, is God the center of your life or are you the center of your life? And are you forming what you want God to look like, what you think you need, what you want? And that's just, it. Or are you dying to yourself? giving up everything, willing to give up everything to follow and serve God as the center of your whole being. That's it. Like, and no one, I mean, not that's not true. A lot of people can't say that. And the, the question is, and this is a scary thing. When I read in, in Revelations, and it's talking about God, talking about people who are hot and cold, He's talking about Christians, quote unquote, and, and, and that's what, and, and, and like we 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 miss we miss all of that. We want to t attack those that don't know who God is. Mm -hmm. That there's clear indications that He's talking to a group of people throughout these scriptures. And then when you listen to Jesus during the time that He was walking this earth, you could tell that He was going at like folk that call themselves Christians a lot. Exactly. Like a lot. Like, the people he was most angry with. Yep. And I'm telling you, you don't want the Prince of Peace angry at you. That says something in and of itself. It's a <laughs> but <laughs> it's like on the outside, oh, they definitely are with God. They definitely serve God. They definitely, yep. but on the inside, cold as ice. Cold as ice. Cold as ice. And then, and it's like, I don't want, like those examples, biblical examples lets me know I can't trust myself because at the end of the day even after Jesus was like woe to them like like going at them hard angry they still was proud in their hearts like they still walked away and was <laughs> like we good yeah our forefathers have secured us and what we believe and I'm like how you stand to the Prince of Peace, to, to the God man, mm -hmm. and say that? And it's like, at the end of the day, if they can do it, I can do it. 
And we like, why would I trust myself to to make decisions about myself that uh, where I go after this life is over, or even how I even like determine what's best for to measure a person to say they can spend eternity in heaven or they can spend eternity in hell. Like right. I can't do that. Like I'm because number one, ain't nobody gonna go to heaven but me. Yeah, that's that's the real deal. And it's like I have a young girl that um, I'm. Um, um, uh, I kind of mentor. She's, you know, she used to go to my, my church um, and came up in my church. And she sent me something. She tagged me on Facebook the other day about this thing. And it goes back to what you were saying. Like, we have to understand the culture for, of the Bible, what the, the part of the, the Bible plays in our life. It is the focal point because she tagged me in this thing about God. And then, in a nutshell, this guy was saying, God doesn't hate people. You mm -hmm. hate people. God doesn't hate gays. You hate gays. And, you know, all he was saying all these things. And I was listening. I was like, okay, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree. And then he got to the part to where, it said, where he started to say God is this Americanized, made-up thing. He didn't say it, like, direct. But yeah. in, so many in so many words, he was, saying, he was just pretty much saying that God is not who we say he is. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I said at the end of that, when you listen to it, if you listen to it with with ears of being satisfied or wanting to greet, like if you just listen to it like that, it it it, it, it would sound like at the, at the end of it is that God is just this made up thing, and God is on the inside of us, and mm -hmm. you need to find and search yourself to find the God on the inside of you. Yeah, we're all gods. Yeah, we, you know what I'm saying at the end mm -hmm. of the day. And God is not this evil thing that we have made up to be to set laws and standards and 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 put like a certain type of standard in this country that we that we uh um, that we're in. And I said at the end when I looked at it, I told her because I knew where she was coming from. I know the angle of it. Mm -hmm. I said I agree with everything he said. He's absolutely right. That's not my God either. My God is the God of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Then she's and that's what she was like. Well, I think you missed the whole point. No, I didn't. I got the very, I got the point, and I got the point that you wanted me to get, mm -hmm. and that's why I'm here to let you know. I listen. There is a word that was left for us to find out who God is. Mm -hmm. It is a historical fact. There is evidence. There is manuscripts. There is all of these different translations that have been passed down. And we have it. And if I'm going to believe anything about who God is, I'm going to use what's evidently here. Yeah. Because if I leave God up to you to tell me who God is, then I'm going to end up just like the people you just sent me. And mm -hmm. it's like, at the end of the day, that's what really matters, man. Like, we got to understand that we can all make up a bunch of different things. We got all these different Christians, like you said. But there's a difference between being a Christian and a disciple of Christ that we had to put emphasis on. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the rest of the sermon. I'm looking forward to what you got to say. I know you got some good stuff coming up. And yeah. it's going to be good. You know what I mean? It, you want to get into it or you want to go to a song? Let's go to a song. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to play a song from my home with A.V. Shout out to A.V. You got this new album I call Euphoria. Did I say that right? Euphoria. Euphoria. Yeah. yeah. It's whatever. It is. It's bonkers. I love it.
And this song is called Warfare, uh, featuring the boy Danny Carey. The video is out. That joint is crazy. Y'all listening to it right here on 103.7 FM, Pure Radio. Yes, sir. Until the end, I'll be right here. 
What up, what up, what up? It's your boy Big Philly Illies and the boy Jay Shirky. And you just heard that AV. Shout out to AV one more time, man. That song is dope. You know what I'm saying? He killed that joint. The fireworks in the background on the video. Y'all go look at that video. I got a song with him too, but again, here I go again going back into myself. But I'm not going to do that. But yeah, that song is fire, man. Straight up. Straight up and down. Fire works. Come on. Anyway, where we at? Man, we are talking, we've been talking for the first half of this show about Christian versus disciple. And a lot of people call themselves Christian. Yeah. But not many people can call themselves a disciple. That they actually are leaving behind, willing to leave behind anything God calls and convicts them of to follow Jesus. Right. And it really is a gut punch in a lot of ways. We, to, to me, this is America's, American Christianity's number one problem. And I know we talk about a lot of their problems, right? Uh, the race issue, the class issue, whatever. I feel like the actual number one problem is that American Christians refuse to die to themselves. And what they'll do is they'll, they'll take... Um, They'll take the good news. Okay, this is how I'm going to explain it on Sunday. So it's not enough to preach the good news. No. And that might, that might cause some alarms in some people to say that. It's not enough to just preach the good news. Because this is a question, anyone who's listening on the radio, I have to ask myself this question. If you, claiming to be a Christian, decided not to be a Christian, all right, so you're a Christian, and then you just decide not to be a Christian. Would your life look any different? Mm. Would mm. your life look any different? Mm. Or would you still think the things that you following are good and the things you think are bad are still the same, and you just switch title? Because mm. a lot of us, I don't think our life would look much different. Because nope. we've set in our mind what's good and bad yep. already. So if we decide we're not going to be a Christian, whether we're married, single, whatever, I feel a lot of us would do the exact same things we're doing now calling ourselves Christians. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is a major, major problem. It, and it really should convict anyone that hears it. Like when I heard that question this week, I read it. Someone asked it, and I just thought, it really wouldn't. I could, I would still, even if I said I wasn't a Christian, I still would think these things, whether I'm calling them sin or not, are just bad for my health. They're bad for my uh, mental and heart and just kind of spiritual essence. Right. So I don't want them, but the things I'm allowing in would be the same. The, the first thing that guy got convicted when I heard that question was, I'm watching this TV show. It does nothing for my uh, sanctification. It does nothing to expand my view of God. It does nothing for it's me. It's a Christian show. No. Oh, okay, no, okay. No, but as a Christian for myself, I'll right. say, you know, I just want to know what's going on in the world. The show's funny sometimes. Right, and right. the bad stuff I filter out. And right. I'm like, that's not for me. But Why? What am I giving up to be a Christian? 
and this is a very, I mean, there's much bigger things, but I'm trying to say this for anyone listening. It's not legalistic to not watch certain shows. We can make it legalistic. We can. But I think actually following God is to pursue what's good and right and true to fill our minds with what reminds us of him and his goodness and his character and his holiness. And yet we we mistake um, being in the world and with being the world. We mistake it all the time. And we need to test ourselves. And I mean... Paul put a lot of emphasis biblically on sanctification and making sure that you understand the difference between being not of in this world but not of this world. Mm-hmm. There's several instances to where he calls out these things that go on, and as he's writing certain books in the Bible, he makes he gives known facts about what is going to happen and what's happening. And it even I mean. You come into Romans 1, like, it clearly gives you a point of view of what he saw back then is the same thing. Like, we traded God in for a lie. Men became lovers of themselves instead of lovers of God. And at the end of the day, that, when you look at that scripture, you could tell he's not only talking about those that are not Christians, but those that are even some are clearly profession Christian, professing Christianity. Yeah. Like, it's, there's a clear case in saying that, yo, this, this thing that he's talking about involves all of us. Yep. And which is why I think he went into depth the way he did in Romans. I think it's why he, in Romans, said, listen, every time I want to do right, evil is always present. Like, mm-hmm. Is there and and then you got some scholars that believe that have different theories about that. They believe that's a Paul talking in third person, um, or um, you got some that says that was a past Paul. He's not talking about the present as he's writing. Listen, as smart as Paul was, listen, I ain't, I don't I don't I don't know Paul like that. I know Paul's writings, Paul's teachings, but I can tell throughout as he was writing. Paul probably battled a lot with, hey, I'm that guy here. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty smart. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm, I can outsmart a lot of you all. And he probably had to draw back so much so that his, you know, that his ego and that he doesn't become idle, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, in his work of God. Because right. he could have easily did it. Yep. He could have easily did it. I mean, even just in what he did, you already in this day and age got people walking around saying we, we Paulines, we follow the, the the service of Paul. Yep. And it's just like something so simple as that, man. It's like it, this is my thing. To be a Christian means that you are swimming upstream, meaning against the current. Right. The world's current wants to take you away from God. Absolutely. And so you have to actively be moving towards God through everything pulling you the opposite way. Yeah. Now, um, the problem that I see in the American church is people just become Christians and they float. Now, when you do that, you're actually being pulled away from God, even though you have the label of Christian. Yeah. So I think a good marker of if, if you actually are a believer 
is if you're striving to move closer to God. Yep. Um, and I, I get it. I get it in probably a lot of Jacksonville's context, like, yeah, right on, whatever. But that should convict everybody because I see a lot of Jacksonville as legalistic, doing the right things to get the things of God and not to get God because mm. they don't want God. They right. just want his blessings and his gifts. Right. But it's it's scary if you look at the church floating further and further away from God. And I say that because it's more materialistic, it's more consumeristic, it's more individualized, it, it's less of this powerful thing. It, mm. It's just more and more just a thing in our life, not our life completely. So, I don't know, I... <sighs> When I say you, you can't just preach the gospel, this is what I mean. And this is what I've been learning. So when you just preach the gospel, anyone who hears this good news that, hey, you're wretched, but God loves you anyway. God is love. He loves you. And uh, he wants you to be his child. You're like, oh, cool. There's no one that would say, oh, that's bad news. But everyone says, cool. And they take that gospel, they take that God, and they put it in their their bucket in their basket of anti-gospels and anti-gods, right. whether they know it or not. Right. So the work of sanctification is actually identifying what are the anti-gospels and anti-gods that are taking away from the actual truth of the gospel and the actual truth of who God is and being the center of your life. Yeah, and I call it the uh, I call it a checklist gospel. It's like I got a one, two, three, four. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think when, now see, me personally, I kind of differ in, though I understand what you're saying, that mm-hmm. when you say just preaching the gospel sometimes like that, it could be dang- I, dangerous. Well, and it's it, necessary. It's necessary. But there's more. It's more to it, yeah. right. And I think that what happens is the understanding of that story, like, like, that's why, you know, I, I kind of like what Piper said. Pi, uh, Piper used to say, um, Washer used to say it too. Um, I mean, you got to give me, it's necessary to get the bad news. Yep. It's necessary. Right. You know what I'm saying? Some people don't agree with that. But it's very necessary to give the bad news. Yeah. Because it gives you a perspective of understanding why you need a savior. Mm-hmm. Because you'll have some people that be like, I don't need no God. I don't need to say I'm pretty good. I don't really do nothing wrong. And right. then you have some that be like, like, like you say, oh, cool. That's that's neat. That's pretty neat that God wants yep. me to be his child. Right. You see what I'm saying? I think that needs to be an understanding of why you're not his child. I think just as much as emphasis on God being your wants you to be your child, mm-hmm. there needs to be uh, just as much emphasis on you understanding why you are currently right now not his child. Why you currently right now have a there's a beef with God. You right. might be walking around and thinking every you and God cool. Right. God looking at you like, hey, I got some real problems with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think you have to really lay that thing out like that to where people understand it. And in that understand that, okay, I think when you lay it out like that. It gives a people a perspective of what now versus, oh okay, well cool, I'm pretty right. good. Yeah, you got you give them. It gives them like a what now? Okay, this is what now. Follow him, 
follow his teachings, follow his ways. Right. Be sanctified in him. You know and, what I'm saying? And why? It, it, why follow him? Why? It, it, there you, yep, exactly. Well, not to earn something, not to be, you know, counted and looked at nicely by other people. But because when we follow him, we actually get closer to him. Absolutely. And that's what we really want. We want to be close with God. We were created to be intimately close with God. And so this is my problem. Like, when you become a Christian, you see that you need God. Right. You, you, you mentally decide, like, yeah, that's true. But then if you're, if you're not actively trying to swim against the stream and you just see, like, yeah, I'm good with God, you're just floating away from him. And that's a scary thought. It is. Because when you talk about, like, the seeds parables, everyone reads that, like, Okay, there's one on the path, gets scooped away. There's one that grows up, has no roots, falls over. There's one that grows up, thorns block it out, and then there's one in good soil. Right. Everyone reads that. And it just be like, eh. Well, yeah. everyone reads that and says, well, I'm the good soil. I'm the good soil, yes. But the, the honest <laughs> truth is right. most people aren't. When it's, when it's talking about the, the, the path is narrow, there's, there's few people that actually, not many people, are actually in good soil. Most of us are, the thorns grow. I would agree 100%. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and dry everything. In America, that is it. That like is the it. thorns are what chokes out American Christians. Yep. And we don't identify what the thorns are. We don't. And until we start, and this is like the process, until you, until you start seeing what thorns are actually cutting out, like you breathing and, like, living fully in who God is and who he created you to be, mm-hmm. you're going to get choked out. Yeah. You, and, I mean, this is the point where, like, as Christians, we gather together. We uh, rebuke and exhort, and we, we help, you know, everybody see, like, well, it seems like you believe this, but this is what your actions and your life saying. So there's obviously a disconnect. Yep. And not because you're, you're a terrible person or because you're scumbag. That's a given. Yeah. But because we actually, as your brother, I, I want you to know and experience what I've experienced. And that, I think that's another problem, is that we don't do these things because we ourselves don't experience it. Nope. And it, it's the hardest thing is saying, um, yeah, it's true, even though you don't actually believe it in the way that you, you feel it or experience it. And not in a Pentecostal Holy Spirit on your fire and your hair, but like in a way that you you are living and breathing and enjoying and trusting and just feeling the joy of God in the midst of all circumstances right. and all hardships that you're not wavering in the in the seas of conflict and struggles, but that you're on the rock and there's peace there. And then you're offering that to other people to stand on the same rock. And that's what people are going to see before they see what you got. Right. I'm telling you, and people could care. Most of the time, people have come to me and asked me to pray for them mm-hmm. when they see my response in divers situations yep. or when like there's like chaos all around. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's like he responded differently than what I responded. Or... Why you didn't tremble in fear the way I trembled in fear? Like, what is it that you know or what is it that you got that I don't have because I don't not, I'm not at peace. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not at peace when, when, you, when I realize 
that when I'm starting to see uh, the, the, the economic uh, way of, of, of currency and money and technology and how it is making me lazy to the core right. to the point to where I can't even literally get up on any day and not the first thing I don't do is check my phone or, you know, of of find out what the New York stock is, stock exchange is, or yeah. you know, say or check my bank account balance. Like, what is it that you got that's keeping you? It's and, and it's like all those different things. And people that don't know who God is respond to that a lot faster than, oh, he got a nice house, nice car, and he's doing yeah. pretty good in his job, and he's doing well. Like, I mean, it's people, it's bro, it's sinners out there that's. Full-fledged sinners got billions, like, getting it yeah, in. You know right. what I'm saying? And it's, it's easy to get wrapped up in that. It is. It I is. mean, it's so easy. The, my problem is this sometimes with myself. I can pretty clearly, I mean, when I'm blind to things, I'm blind to things. Right. And I need people to show it to me. Absolutely. And hope that God gives me eyes to see it. Right. But there's other things that I can see that, okay, that's against God. That's a sin. That's a waste of time. That's lazy. That's foolishness. But I don't do anything to fix it. So that to me is another big disconnect here because it's like going to a doctor, then prescribing you what's wrong, right. and you're being like, okay, good. I got it. No, you don't. You're still sick. You're still sick. So well, <laughs> what do you think, Phil, is the difference in that, because I, I, it happens all the time. Like, I see people, will they'll be like, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with this, and then we'll talk through it, or even myself, and it's like, okay, so this is actually what it is. You're believing this. That's not the gospel. That's not who God is. Yep. This is what it is. Yep. Now, what? Because they'll be like, okay, I got it, and go on, but really still not doing anything about it. Yep. I t- I, I'm... I, I'm gonna tell you, like it's what my wife said to me. Shout out to the wife. I call her the Oracle because she just uh, <laughs> says some. Uh, she don't know I call her the Oracle, but in my mind, I'd be like, she the Oracle because she says things to me, and I only want to hear it. Yep. Because I could rightfully, I could make great points about disagreeing with her. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's the heart of the matter of which she sees. Right. So she understands certain things about me. And when she says them, she says them in ways that she know, hey, you need to understand this is what's going on. Mm. It takes nothing away from what you know. Mm-hmm. Because she said, you're a very smart man, but I need for you to understand this. Mm-hmm. So this is what, so an example. I have all these type of liberties that we love, right? Yep. And she'd be like, hey, listen, just because these are your liberties, these are not everybody's liberties. Mm-hmm. And I just need for you to just watch yourself when people are around that may not understand or may not be as mature as you or don't feel like these are liberties. Right. You have Christians that will tell you your liberties are sin. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And I have biblical understanding, maturity, and by the grace of God, some grace. So I can point them out, hey, these are my liberties. These are not going to put me in hell. I'm, when I, when, if I die today or tomorrow, I'm, I'm, just because I choose to do these things and you don't, it don't make you no better than me. Right. But 
it's back to, it goes back to what you said. Sometimes I just don't want to hear it because where is my maturity? If they are liberties, I am liberal enough to put them down some yeah. days. I mean, why, why not die to yourself? Why man? not die to yourself? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But yet, I feel you, man. <laughs> I will argue like, okay, well, what you're talking about right now is silly. Right. And this is why. Yes. And maybe you should be more like me. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's like, that's not loving. That's not. And if, if our greatest call is not to be knowledgeable, it's not to be uh, right. Yep. It's actually to love God and love others. What does that look like? It means counting the costs, like yep. dying first yep. and being totally okay and totally uh, willing to do that because it's worth it. Because yeah, what, what can start to happen is you can start to show whether or not if this is a liberty or you're a slave to this thing. Mm -hmm. And then if you are a slave to this thing, that's when it becomes sinful. That's yeah. when it is sinful. Oh, it's a liberty, but I'm not letting it go. I'm not letting it's it like, go. Well, that might not be a liberty anymore. That might anymore. not be a liberty anymore. You might need to, uh, yeah, need to go seek some counsel and get some understanding of what you need to do when it comes to that. But so she always, she would always say that, and it goes just right back to what you were saying. It's like, hey, listen, are these things? pointing you in the direction of who God is and what God wants or is you just in this little whirlwind yeah. to where you're just floating away? Listen, tomorrow, Sunday at 10.30 a.m. at the Ville Church, I'm going to be preaching a sermon basically on are you a lukewarm Christian or not? Mm. And it is going to be serious. I wrote the sermon. I finished it on Monday, which never happens. I just wrote it all the way through. I knew something was off because that means, one, that probably God was in it, and, two, that the enemy is going to try and block it at all costs. And I feel like it's a word that we all need to hear myself at the top of that list. I'm ready for it, bro. Man, the, the Bible says to examine yourself, to test yourself. Mm. And what does that mean? That means... Not just what you say, because words actually mean very little nowadays. No one's word means very much. But your actions speak volumes and so much louder than your words. So we need to examine our lives. Does our life match up to what we say we believe? Yep. And there's going to be a lot of bad news about that, because it doesn't. And whether that's in just a few areas or whether that's in every area, I, I feel like if people were, really were to examine their lives, they would have to. I mean, the people that are going to come to our church tomorrow, there undoubtedly will be many people in it that are claiming to be Christians that are not Christians. Mm. And that the hardest thing in evangelism is to tell someone who that, says they're a Christian that, that they're, they're not, not a Christian. That they're not. Because no, no one wants to believe that. Yeah. Everyone wants to believe they're, they're in the good soil. And you risk so much at doing it. You risk losing a relationship with that person, especially if they're a friend. Yeah. But you know what you risk when you don't do it? Yeah. Eternal, Eternal salvation. Salvation. I mean, yep. and so it's that serious. It like is. The, the line is that serious. I would, are you willing to lose friends and family for the sake of the gospel. I mean, I think that's what he's talking about. Like, are you willing to actually check people 
and be like, say hard things, not because you want to be right and not because you want to put them in their place, but because you love them. Yeah. And because you feel like they're just floating downstream away from God. And I don't know what the line is where someone's included or not included. Like, that's on God. But when, when you see that happening, how selfish, how utterly selfish it is just to watch them float away mm. and not try and rescue them. And, I mean, this is when you were saying earlier, like, there was something about just the trouble in the world and seeing it. The only way you actually have eyes to see the trouble in the world is God is, God is doing something in you. Yeah. Like, when, when you actually discover what truth is, then you actually have eyes to see untruth everywhere. Everywhere. And then it gets real and yeah, heavy. Yeah. And then that's when you're like, this isn't a game. This isn't just something on my mantle that I like to show people that I'm a Christian. Yep. It's like, I'm in it. I need to die to myself. And I need to, like, cling to the rock of salvation. I need to cling to the cross because I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. And, and when we're talking about grace itself, a lot of people say, I'm a Christian. God covers me because of this. Well, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, are you really wanting to pursue God and be with God? Or do you really want to live your own life, have God in it, uh, have the blessings of God, have the gifts of God, have the things he's created? Do you want the created or the creator? And I know what everyone would want to say, Mm. but you need to examine yourself because if it's the created things, you are floating downstream away from God. Mm. And it's a reality check. And only, like, God comes close to the lowly, and he stays far from the, the arrogant and the prideful. Man. And so we, we as the church, our church, the Ville Church tomorrow, we as the Jacksonville Church and the American Church, really need to ask ourselves some hard, gut-riching, tough questions that most likely the answer is we need to fall on our knees and ask forgiveness, and then actually not stop there, but walk away from the things that we worship and the things that we desire and the things we put our resources and money towards that aren't at the end to the glory of God. They're not for the glory of God. They're for our comfort now. They're for our glory now. They're for our fame. They're to impress other people. It's gut check time. It's serious. Yes, that's rocking, bro. And it, it, it's, it's so needed because we will float downstream away from God if we don't start asking these hard questions. And the scariest thing that we could possibly think about is that we float out. We get choked out. And we fall over and fall away from God. Now, I'm going to end with this. What's going on, my people? What's happening? What's poppin'? It's your boy, Big Phil, from the Veal Radio Show. And we want to just say to you, man, that it has been a pleasure serving you, serving you on the radio waves. You know what I mean? And letting our message hit through the airwaves about what we stand for and who we are. But we do got some news for you. Unfortunately, this is our last show, but we want to tell the people at Pure Radio that we love them, thank them for the opportunity. We really do appreciate it. Y'all can make sure y'all stay tuned to us. If you check out the Ville.Church website, you'll find out everything you need to know. Peace and God bless.